Hello and welcome to the multiverse of marketing. I am Crash and Burn, and with me as always is J.R. Sweeney. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Someday I'm gonna actually just record that and and uh, actually put in front of shows instead of having to scream it every goddamn time. And maybe I can add some fanfare. Ooh, what Ooh. fun! Holy shit! I know production value. What a concept! What a concept! Uh, <laughs> uh, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I am as well fine and relaxed and chilled and ready for this episode. This this nice, delightful aperitif follow up to episode ten. The uh, the the season one finale this is welcome to season two season of of chill everything's fine nothing's nothing's secretly hiding great inner turmoil and possibly the death of an imprint no no it'll be fine new new season same bullshit new season same bullshit uh today after all we're looking at at something so innocent so simple so short-lived it, it couldn't have caused much trouble right surely not surely not um yeah this is darkwing duck and finally i get to fulfill a childhood dream and waste someone's time for an hour talking about what was once my favorite cartoon character and uh, deep down still is. And finally, I get to say, let's get dangerous. Yeah, the uh, I I too was a big fan of Darkwing Duck. Um, if you are a filthy Zoomer um, and are <laughs> unaware of what Darkwing Duck is, uh, even like somehow you've missed the Ducktales reboot in 2017, and on and on and on. Uh, Darkwing Duck was a show that was part of the Disney Afternoon, a block of programming uh, that Disney started running afternoons and uh, some shows on Saturday. And uh, it it began with stuff like uh, Adventures of the Gummy Bears and DuckTales. Fuck yeah, Adventures of the Gummy Bears. <laughs> I could yeah uh, no I'll uh if I ever need to like find inner peace for just a moment all I need to think about is the theme song to Gummy Bears and I'm well, like you know, I'm I'm an innocent child again. They uh they bounce here and there and everywhere. 
Uh, and I don't know <laughs> how you can not appreciate that. Um, but so over the course of the lifetime of Disney Afternoon, they had a lot of really good shows. They had Goof Troop, which then, of course, gave rise to uh, a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie. Um, who knows if there had been more sequels, we might have gotten uh, a ludicrously go goofy movie, a dangerously uh, goofy movie, perhaps a recklessly goofy movie. A but recklessly um, goofy. I, I would I would like that they eventually cross over with Jackass, and it's just <laughs> goofy doing shit that would normally hurt, like you know, uh, one of the fellas. But since they're all quite old now. This could be an interesting right. way of like hitting that sweet Roger Rabbit spot and getting them uh, cranking right. out more Jackass. Just just have Goofy do it. Hi, I'm Goofy, and welcome to Jackass. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, staples so... Goofy's nutsack to his leg. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, Ducktales ran for several seasons and was generally well regarded. Um, but then it ended. Like yeah. It just kind like of like an asshole, out. Yeah, um, and it, it's it's one of those weird properties. So it was created uh, quickly and recklessly uh, uh, because uh, going into the slated Disney afternoon uh, in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, there was going to be a Rocky and Bullwinkle show, brand new Rocky and Bullwinkle. Holy fucking shit! So cool, so cool. Uh, <laughs> And that turned uh, out, oh, wait, shit, we don't actually own the rights to Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh. Which is an amazing oversight for a company like Disney, which at this point in time could afford people to keep an eye on this shit. But yeah, it turns out Disney owned the home video rights to Rocky and Bullwinkle, but not the rights to the show. Which explains uh, exactly why, as a child, suddenly Rocky on Bullwinkle from the 60s was rebroadcast everywhere. Yeah. Oh, you insidious bastards, you. You <laughs> clever insidious bastards. Yeah, but, uh, so they had to scramble then, once it turned out they had to scrap that. And so, the question became, okay, we've had DuckTales, which just ended. Is there anything we did on that show that we can kind of mine to do something else. Um, and so a few ideas were pulled from, uh, one was an episode called double O duck, which was launch pad in a parody of James Bond movies. And another was wound up being one called the mask mallard, which was, uh, Scrooge McDuck being um, dressing up as a as a sort of Scarlet Pimpernel like masked uh, do getter, but the the problem was with Double O Duck, um, Double O, the Double O designation is not a real thing. No, it was created whole cloth by Ian Fleming, and as such. They did. Uh, they didn't have the rights to it. Yeah, um, and, and not only was it like, okay, it's one thing to deal with the estate of Ian Fleming. You know, it's some paperwork. It's fine. No, Ian Fleming's estate didn't own specifically that. 
Yeah. The Bercoli family owns it, and dealing with the Bercoli family is like having your nuts kicked in repeatedly forever. James James Bond is its own uh, rights nightmare. So yeah, and and keep in mind that uh, Cubby uh, allegedly beat uh, a man to death, along with uh, a a gangster and a move like a studio executive. Uh, That man who did die after being beaten in front of everyone at the Brown Derby one night. This actually happened. That man was the founder of the Three Stooges. Yeah. He died the next day, coincidentally. So, generally speaking, it was decided not to pursue that. Yeah, um, yeah, let's let's not. I mean, the mouse the mouse is all powerful now, but at this time this this is like just at the very beginning of the uh, Disney Renaissance. They're, they're, right. It had only not th- it had only been what two, three years since Little Mermaid. So yeah, exactly. We're we're very early on, uh, yeah. and so actually, uh, uh, one one uh, um, like uh, uh, detail on the Double O Duck thing. It's funny that in the recent live action slash uh, animated uh, Rescue Rangers movie. Uh, the Double O Dale spinoff was yeah. what uh broke up the Rescue Rangers, and it's like it it's one of those fun little like details that is and isn't a nod. Clearly, right. it's referring to the same episode, and it would be really weird if we were talking about another spinoff based on that episode and not be aware of Darkwing Duck. And, right. and the fact that it was that. So it's, it's just funny that like that that one episode just keeps spinning stuff out. Right. Well, and so once it became clear that Double O Duck was no longer an issue, they kind of went back to the drawing board and decided to draw instead on that sort of uh, mass mallard idea. And so the the thing went through various uh, iterations it is important to note, though, that while while Darkwing Duck was spun off from ideas from DuckTales, and while characters from DuckTales appear, Tad Stones, creator of Darkwing Duck, has made it clear that Darkwing Duck does not take place in the same universe as... DuckTales, despite the fact that the comics routinely have crossovers with it. Well, I, so, and, and, and of course, the very glaring issue of one Launchpad McQuack, uh, who possibly, like, uh, I don't know, maybe he's a Nexus. Maybe he exists across the universes. He's uh, he's the duck man thing. Is these he's the duck man thing. Listen, think about that for just a minute and it all makes complete fucking sense. Right. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. <laughs> um, I mean, but, you know, later so, on in this episode we do get Duck Wanda, so fuck it. Yeah. Um but the the upshot of all of this is so then the cartoon premiered 
And uh, of course, you know, it winds up that you have Drake Mallard, a.k.a. Darkwing Duck, his sidekick Launchpad, um, and his adopted daughter Goslin. Um, and yeah, you're off and running. It ran for two years, kind of three seasons in yeah. that... In, there the, were in, two yeah, seasons. in the way that uh, half-assed shows that uh, uh, networks kind of only care, semi-care about, like, you get a solid two seasons and then... Blah, blah, blah. Well, so in this case, it was actually it was actually because they ran two seasons of episodes that were Monday through Friday. Those mm-hmm. were ostensibly like the the... There's two seasons worth of that. And then you had the episodes that ran on Saturday. So you basically have two seasons worth of episodes that ran five days a week, and then one season of episodes that ran one day a week. But since the since the episodes are really light on continuity, uh, it doesn't really much matter. Um, no, it, you can, it really does not. You know, the only... Uh, Yes, you know, like Darkwing meets Gizmo Duck, and then later he teams up with a bunch of people. Uh, but who cares? Like, you don't. You're you're a kid getting getting messed up on. Uh, you're a latchkey kid getting messed up on sugary cereal in oh the God, afternoon yes. at oh, home yes. alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to be sitting there going, "Hold on, I missed the episode with Neptunia." uh what who the fuck is this you're just gonna be like oh fish lady whatever more captain crunch yeah, uh more more like my response would be neptunia ah crap well gargoyles is on next hopefully that's a good one maybe Macbeth uh, is in it Macbeth, Macbeth. Uh, <laughs> um but so for the purposes of it for the purposes of this uh we have we have the first bit of comics which are somewhat outside our purview because they were published by disney themselves Mm -hmm. and those fall into the stuff that they put that they released inside of like disney adventures or their various um anthology series featuring all of the disney characters um and then they did a four issue mini series, which basically just retells the uh, pilot episodes of the Darkwing Duck cartoon. Yeah, that's like, really re- it. And and like it it does it really decently. Uh, it's good. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I kind of like but, how it just it expands it just slightly. And I was one of the the kids. Like I was the perfect age group for this. I was like six when it first came out. Uh, and so I read like uh, Disney Colossal Comics and Disney Adventures, uh, where all these like appeared. And... I read the shit out of Disney Adventures. Oh, fuck yeah! Like every every time we went grocery shopping, I was like, "New Disney Adventures." Hmm. I just don't know why they wouldn't buy the subscription. Damn it! Buy the subscription. That way, I, can I always you know, get it. I was always trying to whatever that's that's and i've worked that out in therapy i don't need to revisit it here <laughs> anyway uh, I, I think at, at some point we do actually have to come back to uh, uh disney comics 
for for a few reasons and the fact that they are their own publishing arm at times uh i think is something that has to be like like that itself has to be looked at because it's in and out and all the fuck over places and there's billions of dollars of nonsense involved in that but also uh the way disney comics are exported to foreign markets is uh sure is fucking fascinating and only a couple of times involved characters becoming outright fascists. Ah, uh, we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was always gonna, it was always gonna happen. Goopy has <laughs> always had some not great views on immigration. And, you know. Yeah, and just, Donald's uh, militaristic nationalism was... You know, it was always so close. Yeah, it, he 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 only uh, uh, went uh, uh, for team democracy because you know he he was a uh, FDR Democrat. Everything well, else that uh, everything since then, he's kind of always been like. Ah. I I will say that I think it was a good call on Disney's part to uh, put the shorts in the vault where he was actively involved in japanese internment but anyway yeah. um so <laughs> that's only half a joke too i mean anyway so i can you have the original it, cartoons it, i can hear the war bond song in my head right now <laughs> um <laughs> the original comics were much like the cartoons um in as much as they were just kind of little short things that weren't weren't really continuity heavy you didn't have to have at most they were really advertisements for the shows yeah exactly it it's uh, especially the the four issue short um which was both an advertisement for the show uh and as well a hey, maybe if you buy enough of this we'll have this long running too and like but nobody did <laughs> but nobody did. i would have if i knew it existed as a child um sure. but of of course no no uh yeah. thank thank you grocery store news racks for your complete and utter fucking chaotic approach to canon sure uh yeah <laughs> will it be on the shelf next week who the fuck knows who the um, fuck knows? Yeah. The 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 people doing the ordering at Kroger never really appreciated my attempts to complete my run of things, but whatever. There again, I've already worked this out in therapy. Um <laughs> But so for our purposes though, I think the meat of this is really uh boom onwards. So yeah. with, with uh, 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 a moment to acknowledge and respect uh, the the wonderful, um, again, uh, uh, a recreation of an episode, but the best episode of Darkwing Duck, the best double episode and the best comic of Darkwing Duck uh, up to the boom comics. Uh, Just Us Justice Ducks, also a fantastic title. Um it There's is. no canon until everything is canon all at once. Yeah. Um so the um Boom Studios in the uh in the early part of the 
the ten, the teens, uh, the teenies, um, <laughs> was was doing a lot of Disney related uh, licensed comics. They did gargoyles for a hot second and things like that. And then in uh, 2010, they they had uh, announced a Darkwing Duck four issue miniseries, which was then picked up for an ongoing. And uh, the the specific, the primary creative team, and I'm mentioning this just because this is going to become a thing. It's going to become um, a thing. A capital T thing. Actually, um, hold on right there. We do we do have to, I, I completely forgot uh, to, to mention in the, uh, the previous Disney Comics thing. Now... There were kind of early warning signs about maybe a curse being around this property. Uh, for instance, it's short run on television. Okay, that's one thing. Uh, Disney shows usually didn't last too long. So, you know, un that's not uh, unexpected. Uh, it's comic book run being cut off. That... It, it was it was a, a shot in the dark. Uh, who knows? It could have worked. It could have not. But the fact that the imprint, Disney Comics, that it was a part of, happened to completely collapse at the same moment it was just starting because some genius at Disney Comics, Len Wein, uh, decided we should also expand into doing superheroes and let's completely create our own imprint of superheroes right around the time that Disney definitely wouldn't have wanted to be related to what was happening in superheroes. I mean, I don't look having worked, having worked in a comic shop and been in a position to try to help uh, parents coming in, uh, trying to find things that weren't wildly inappropriate. Mm. Um, you know, during the grim and gritty 90s, uh, there was Archie. Uh, there was Archie. <laughs> and the, the, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, which is printed by archie yeah but if you if you wanted a superhero comic in the 90s i mean a lot of stuff out there was that grim and gritty like uh book and so i don't think it necessarily would have been a bad thing to have disney doing all ages books featuring superheroes oh it wasn't but... gonna be all ages it was just like Someone gave Len too much money, oh, and really? he went, okay, well, then we're going to do this and expand, and, like, doubled the size of the company without creating any kind of infrastructure, mm -hmm. or asking the higher-ups if they had any fucking idea what they were getting involved in. And yeah, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. it collapsed so bad that Disney Comics failed, right. and they went back to Gladstone public, uh, Publishing. A company that existed purely to print Disney comics, but was not owned by Disney, which got right in their fucking craw. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, well. 
So the creators you need to know about on the Boom title are Ian Brill, uh, who was the writer, and James Silvani, who was the artist, and then Aaron Sparrow, who was an editor for a hot second uh, when the book first started, but was... I can't find the details as to why Aaron Sparrow left Boom. Um, yeah, just, they just kind of stopped mentioning him. And it's like, OK, OK. Yeah. OK. But we'll we'll get in. We'll get into those three later on. But mm. the Boom series started and it was. So by and large, um, the Boom run starts out with um darkwing duck is retired because all crime is well illegal um no <laughs> i mean for, um, for for lack of a better description yes all crime is illegal all all crime and it is punished immediately and swiftly and like harshly by yeah. unfeeling robots yeah, Honker downloads a couple of songs and winds up being sent to a re-education camp. Uh, all of the villains, all of the heroes, all of the spies, they've all stopped doing what they're doing and are now working for a company called Quackworks. Um, but ultimately, once Honker is uh, snatched at the, at the Mallard home and sent to a re-education camp, um Darkwing comes out of retirement and begins investigating this company. It turns out that it's Taurus Bulba who's running it. It's a whole thing, blah blah blah. But all of this just serves to bring Darkwing Duck back. Um and what sets off from there is 18 issues of a comic. Um that's that's really by and large just like a greatest hits album yeah um, like for the most part it's it is uh, uh three fantastic story arcs that yeah are a little bit of everything that you wanted going into it and uh then more that you ever expected right and it you know and look i'm going i'm going to say this and it is not meant as a criticism. Uh, it is just a statement of what it is. It's basically, if you wanted more Darkwing Duck, this is more Darkwing Duck. Yeah. With a whole lot of Easter eggs, a whole lot of, you know, anytime they needed to fill out a background or, you know, they go to a pet shop and there's all kinds of animals from various Disney properties, including James and the Giant Peach and a bunch of other shit, you know. And so if if you are if you are the nostalgia poisoned uh millennial mm -hmm. who is unable to enjoy something unless it is exactly what I had as a kid but more, you it, this book has Dark Warrior Duck in it. Yeah. Dark Warrior Duck is in it. Yeah. What I will, what I will say, 
what I will say is there is one story in this. Most of it's just, okay, more Darkwing Duck, cool, whatever. I'm on board for that. Okay. But there is a story in this, in the Darkwing Duck annual, uh, that I would put on, that I would say is almost Batman the Animated Series caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, so, from the start of the series, there's a whole thing where Quacker Jack has a mad on against Nega Duck. And it all comes down to the fact that at a certain point, uh, when they were dividing up the spoils of all of their nefariousness as the uh, Fearless Five, uh, Quacker Jack wanted to know what uh, Negaduck was doing with all the money. Um, and Negaduck is like, I'm going to be, I found out Darkwing Duck's secret identity. And I'm going to be hitting him where he lives. And Quacker Jack's like, I want in. And Negaduck says, you? No, you're a, you're B-list at best. And this pisses off Quacker Jack so much that it sets him off on this. Um, it's almost like the Riddler in the last couple of years. Like they just, mm. at time of recording, they just released a... Um, a Riddler, uh, one shot, yeah, where Riddler is just like, I'm done holding back now. All of the riddles they were just for shits and grins. Now you get me 100% unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of in that vein, uh, in that it's just like Quacker Jack starts going further and further off the deep end. And in the annual, the story we're given is that basically in the cartoon, Quacker Jack had this stuffed banana, Mr. Banana Brain, that he had uh, been separated from at some point. And so in the course of the Boom series, Quacker Jack creates a couple of replacements that are edgier and pushing him to do more and more nefarious shit. And Darkwing set a, sets about trying to find an, a, an old school Mr. Banana Brain, uh, but is outbid by a woman who it turns out is Quacker Jack's ex-girlfriend. And so when Darkwing approaches her trying to get the Mr. Banana Brain, she fills him in on what Quacker Jack had been doing during the time when everybody went to work for this Quackworks and how, um, you know, Quacker Jack is just paranoid and that ultimately um, he's, he's needing to be helped. This is not him. This is all of the worst parts of his, basically, disease. And um, so Darkwing Duck actually approaches it trying to help Quacker Jack. Um, And in all of this, Quacker Jack has has stolen a thing from an inventor that can turn people into toys 
or to bring toys to life. And uh, he is, of course, stopped, but disappears. At which point, the last we see of him in this series is he shows up on his ex-girlfriend's doorstep, uh, turns the machine on himself, and when she opens the door, there is just a Quacker Jack toy with a note saying, this is the best I'll ever be. Oh, yeah. And it's like, as you said, Batman the Animated Series worthy. That's that's like some Mr. Freeze and Nora level shit. That That is uh, uh, Harvey and, and his wife. Uh, like, oh, that's so good. It is. Like, the, the potential of it. I love the work that they did with Quacker whacker jack in this like you know uh negaduck for life obviously you know always always negaduck uh but quacker jack had such potential and i love that they they wrote it out like they 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 slowly took their time they gave it a a good reason a personal deep reason that yeah. you can also agree with of just like yeah no if anyone's going to finally kill Darkwing, it should be, or at least take the shot. It should be Negaduck, right? Was the fucking Liquidator God? No, fuck you. Yeah, and so it's a phenomenal story, and so even if you're somewhat ambivalent about Darkwing Duck, that alone is one I recommend checking out because holy shit! Yeah, that um, is that is intense, and it's. It's so good that you want to you want to hold it as canon. It's like it's it's like when uh, Alan Moore used to write one off stories for the uh, the backs of random issues of shit in the 70s and 80s. And mm-hmm. now it's like, no, that's the basis for continuity. We've yeah. just treated it as the yeah. fucking holy grail since then. And, and, and Alan's yeah, just those like, oh, Green Lantern backups. Me. The t- the tales of the Green Lantern Corps that he wrote, where it was just like, you know, Mogo doesn't socialize. This is in that vein. This is the kind of thing that, like, look, if you're going to toss out everything from Boom Studios, at the very least, maybe consider keeping this. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of aspects of this that uh, should be kept. Uh, the election saga is pretty fucking stupid. Uh... But everything else is great. I love Duck Thulu. I love that suddenly there's like existential cosmic horror and like full on somewhat. I did never like before reading this, I never expected to see uh, Darkwing's neighbor as a like a, a Lovecraftian nightmare. Yeah, I I will say I think that I think that. The one issue I have with Duck Thulu, um, above all else, is the fact that, you know, Lovecraft anymore seems almost quaint. Mm. That cosmic horror of, like, humanity doesn't matter as much as we think it does. Ooh, and it's just like, man, I've been on the internet since I was a teenager. (laughs) I fucking know. Like, you... You're going to you're going to try and hit me 
with fishmen telling me that I don't fucking matter in the grand scheme of things. Man, I've been on Twitter in the double digits now. Like, <laughs> I fucking know. Uh, but if there is a character that you could actually do, like, some full-blown modern cosmic horror with, it is absolutely an egomaniac like Darkwing Duck. Oh, yeah. um, so I do think that's a little bit... I mean, all that really happens is Morgana seemingly dies. Um, and then it's just kind of like, oh, no. But like, yeah, she kind of pulls a WandaVision and then disappears. And uh, one of the main reasons that the next series, the the next couple of ep- uh, issues that end the series uh, uh, kind of suck balls is there is no immediate follow up. You'd think he would care about that, maybe? he's he's kind of it's frustrating because he's kind of doing it half-assed he's like i'm gonna run for mayor but while i'm doing that i'm also occasionally gonna try and find morgana and it's just like motherfucker what are you doing yeah um the 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 issues up to then were like smarter and tighter and playing with aspects of like uh, fiction that otherwise the character wouldn't have touched or like tropes and comic books and things. And like, ha, then they just went for like a silver age fucking story of stupidity. I, you know, the thing about it is the last major, the last solo story arc, which is to say the mayoral campaign should have been a single issue because yeah. I liked I liked the end of it where Launchpad is elected mayor uh, and then immediately ousted. Like, that's funny. Yeah, but that, it, it's funny, it's, but it's not like four issues worth of a right. for that joke. Um, right. And it, it immediately calls to mind a better version of that. And the better version is clearly from the uh, Batman 1966 series when he runs against penguin for mayorship of gotham uh why they didn't just do that in this instead of against launchpad i don't know that would have been funny have have the liquidator he's he's a great talker or have like for some reason like like uh uh gets like super fucking charming that's that's or i mean you know this is like climate change is a big deal and stuff like that having bushroot run on like a green new deal i that would be interesting but oh, instead negaduck becomes a uh an alt-right fuck boy <laughs> <laughs> fucking richard spencer negaduck um, <laughs> kill him all yeah um but ultimately, like this story as it stands should have been a single issue because it's just not enough to maintain a full story arc. And then we get the end of the series, which is this crossover between DuckTales and Darkwing Duck called Dangerous Currency. Who cares? It, it's, oh, who gives a fuck? Apparently, even rather, the writers were like, why? It's a... It's a pretty ignominious end to the series, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, at least at that point it ended. <laughs> um, you know, I no more I damage could be done. I can't imagine what it would things would have looked like post dangerous currency 
simply because like how like what we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen no no you don't get to do that uh so it's just so uh, don't this is why you stop after uh the uh, uh, after duck thulu slash after the annual uh the quacker jack annual yeah end it there um you'll know it's the quacker jack annual in question because the cover is actually a reference to the killing joke um yeah. i love how they went into this knowing just like no this is something special this is yeah. this is it and uh so actually yeah uh um before we forget the covers on some of these issues are just beautiful um recreations obviously of some very famous comic book covers uh but playful and highly detailed just beautiful yeah Yeah. um but then disney bought marvel and that was pretty that was it Boom, boom studios lost all of their disney stuff and I will I mean, say Boom Boom is doing just fine as far as I'm concerned. They are putting out some really good shit. Oh yeah, uh, no, like they they're they rebounded pretty well. They're still sticking to their their typical and their guns and they know what they're doing. And so far despite owning Marvel Comics and everything that entails and the relaunch of Disney Comics which oh sweet lord an even larger Leviathan has just eaten that other Leviathan. Uh, they're doing all right. They're doing good. Check them out. Yeah. yeah. I I will personally, I will say once in future is really good. Uh, we only find them when they're dead. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, one of my favorite series uh, from the last few years uh is a is a um a boom series um the many deaths of layla star ooh i've uh, heard that good things about that one i love yeah it's boom studios as well uh it's written by ram v who just wrapped up his run on swamp thing just began a ran a run on detective comics uh and it is it is beautiful it is a magical realism uh take on the angel of death basically and i it has me in tears i it's five issues and it's wonderful i genuinely think that as ram b uh continues to build what has so far been a really good career uh it is one of those things that people are going to revisit and is going to become one of those books that people are just like yeah obviously many deaths of layla star of course i've read that but right now it's just kind of there uh but if you haven't read it go and read it because it's really fucking good anyway (laughs) um so the boom the boom era ended and then there was some shit <laughs> um because what started happening was that Aaron Sparrow former editor at Boom um 
is very good friends with James Silvani. And uh, Aaron Sparrow started saying that in point of fact, he deserved a co co-writing credit um, because uh, Ian Brill was working from his notes the whole time. And in fact, uh, that w when Ian Brill would send pages off, uh, Aaron Sparrow would intercept them and rewrite them. But you would think Ian Brill would be aware of that. Like as soon as a comic came out and the dialogue had changed, he would call up Boom and just be like, hey, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. But that yeah, apparently uh, did not happen. The writer, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, the writer would probably notice that. Yeah. And so, but whatever. I, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but so then a couple years later, a company called Joe Books uh, got the rights to do Darkwing Duck. Um, Joe Books having been started by a different person from Boom Studios. Uh, they're now defunct. I think they lasted three years. No. Um, but at that point, they then announced they were going to be doing Darkwing Duck again. In the lead up to this, however, they reissued a trade paperback of all of the uh, Boom Studios run, except... Aaron Sparrow had gone back and rewritten a ton of the dialogue to bring it more in line with what they were going to be doing with Darkwing Duck going forward. Uh, Ian Brill uh, was mad. Under, mm -hmm. I think understandably. I think whether, whether one person, whatever what it may have happened, I do think it is understandable that a writer would be pissed about somebody just rewriting their book. Um, and and so, certainly if it's not, like, clearly said, rewritten by, right. yeah. And so he demanded that his name be taken off of it. Um, this then led into um, the new Darkwing Duck series, which largely picks up after the end of the Boom series. Um, and it ran for eight issues. It is really not great. Uh, the series itself is not great. Um, instead of... Uh, you know, like I said, more more Darkwing Duck, what you got was a series of terrible parodies of things, um, stupid non-jokes that didn't really go anywhere, like about this reporter whose dad owns the network, and so he can just sit there and be wrong on air all the time. Uh, there is... There is a what I consider 
the the absolute worst thing a comedy series can do the 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 absolute nadir of comic book writing <laughs> uh which is a comic book convention issue featuring the creators in a in a cameo like this is not to say you know at one point uh at one point in invincible ryan kirkman did a sort of something of a uh, of a cameo but it was mainly to make fun of himself yeah if i this, recall he was mocking his own production quality yeah he makes fun of the fact that he reuses panels and like mark says isn't that a bit cheap and then there's several panels of the writer that is supposed to be Kirkman sitting there making the same expression for like three panels. And he's like, no, nah. no, nah. uh, you know, that's not to say it can't be done, but it is something that hack writers fall back on regularly. And this mm -hmm. is the absolute worst type of example of it because in, in this, um, they are we are given a brief fantasy wherein uh comic book writers and artists are uh lavished with the praise that they deserve which don't get me wrong i think they deserve way more than they get but guys come the fuck on i don't want to read your shitty fan fiction and <laughs> and then like um they are torn apart by adoring fans which was a lot better when Randall Milholland did it in something positive mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. And like I said, it's, it's literally Aaron Sparrow and uh, James Silvani. It is, I looked up pictures of them and it is literally them. Um, and so then they immediately follow that with a Walking Dead parody. Mm -hmm. uh, the next issue of which turns around and immediately does an Evil Dead uh, thing. And I just cannot express how much I hate it. Um, yeah, it doesn't fit the character. The, the character was never about parody. There was like light parody and satire, like foul and and uh, uh, shush and all of that kind of stuff. But it was never like one for one. You know, uh, I'm now going to go do this very obvious entire film reference, and that's going to be the storyline. Like you know, it was always would... parodying tropes more than anything specific. I exactly. But... There's never like. Uh, it it's the same as how like DuckTales was kind of parroting adventure films, but at no point does someone make an overt Indiana Jones joke because that would be too obvious. Right. I you know they did do the double O duck thing. They um, did, and now but to, yeah, actually I was going, which is like a point that I I was a like I Donald Duck's not or uh, Darkwing Duck's not the character to do this with. 
Donald Duck is the character to do this with. You can shove him into these kinds of parodies and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason now, it's stuck in my head is just, God, uh, I want to see uh, Fury Road with Donald Duck. I, you know, I could get with that. Um, right. And like everyone else's dialogue is the same. His is just that incoherent squawking. Right. And it works perfectly. God damn it. This is like, this is like one of those, like where you remake a movie with Muppets. I, mm, yeah. Yeah. I actually want to see that now. Oh, the more you think about it, the better it is. Him strapped to the front of the car. <laughs> Just fucking screaming. His... Oh, my God. It, 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 yeah, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I, I don't, you know, remaking the whole thing, maybe not, but definitely like a like selection of scenes. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. I could totally... I would watch the shit out of that. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Wanna get through this? It's just, it's really bad. And it's why, like, in, I don't have a horse in this race when it comes to all of the behind the scenes drama. I'm not, I'm not inherently Team Ian or Team Aaron. Uh, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Having read Aaron Sparrow's issues, I do not believe he was that big a force in the Boom Studios series just because I actually liked the Boom Studios series and I fucking hate the Joe Books run. Yeah, um, there is a cratering of quality. Like like it was it was kind of swirling near the end of the Boom Studios run, but it was still like passively child comic book. This is just dreck. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I do not I do not want to see Herman Muddlefoot as Negan. <laughs> yeah. No, that was I... wrong. <laughs> just the implication of it all. <sighs> like I there's so much about it. Like Launchpad is Daryl and everything else. And I just, I got, I, I, yeah, now like it, it, it's, I understand this was written years and years ago, but fuck me. Am I tired of the walking dead? Like just let it die. Let it finally. I would, I was tired of walking dead already at this point. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you throw in just like lazy ass pastiches like that, or, or ones that just, yeah, it makes your screen skin crawl. Um, I can look at him as a, a Lovecraftian nightmare and be more comfortable with it than the basic implication that he smashed someone's brains out. You know, I think we were all tired of Tank, so it's fine. 
But <laughs> um, if you're if you're not familiar with uh, with Darkwing Duck, uh, the Muddlefoots are the family that live next door to uh, Drake Mallard. Uh, their son Honker is one of the only people who knows that Drake Mallard is Darkwing Duck, and uh, his his older brother Tank is a total shithead. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there you go. That's the context you needed for a throwaway joke. Um, anyway, uh, overall, you know, like I said, I I love. I love things that are constantly recontextualizing, you know, and not everything has to be dark. Don't get me wrong. I, I, so there was a, there was a time where I was trying to get a role-playing game going, right? Mm, yeah. And the, the idea behind it was all of these various characters from various cartoons of the 80s and 90s and whatever else all thrown together into a patchwork world uh, and forced to coexist. And in the course of things, there was going to be the occasional dark shit, like the fact that the Care Bears were going to be living in Carolot up above everybody, and every so often they would just abduct a kid. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, I was going to do stuff like uh, there would be a piece of St. Canard and... Uh, there would be no Darkwing, uh, but Goslin would be there, slightly older, having taken over the Darkwing Duck uh, a persona as St. Kennard degenerated into uh, crime, just a cesspool of crime, but also dealing with the fact that she's now lost another family and stuff like that. Um, there was going to be a lot of, yeah. And so. God damn it. I, I was so looking forward to that too. I'll, uh, I'll tell you some of the other shit I had. There is some stuff I was real fucking proud of, uh, but anyway. So the, uh, the upshot of all of this is to say, I love recontextualizing, uh, kitty shit. And so you don't have to go full on dark, but like the Quacker Jack uh, issue, I would love to see somebody really, really not just fanboy out over yeah. Darkwing Duck. Like say, okay, this is the core of what this character clearly is. What can we do that with that? I would love to see someone Alan Moore, the ever-loving shit out of Darkwing Duck, uh, just to see like what kind of threads could be pulled. Yeah, and like um, there, uh, uh, we've already kind of seen a little bit of that potential. So there's a couple of episodes of the now uh, canceled revival of Ducktales. Yeah, and uh, you know there there's a two parter for for uh, Darkwing and and uh, you you meet the new Goslin and all that. But more importantly, there is a fantastic episode. It's not quite Batman the Animated Series quality, but it's it sure is neat. Um, where throughout the season, it's been seeded that Darkwing Duck is a fictional character in this mm -hmm. universe. It's, it's a comic book that 
Launchpad reads. It's a show he used to watch when he was younger, etc., etc. And uh, there, they decide to recast uh, the character and uh, reboot uh, uh, with a, a new movie. And it's this great, you know, like little joking comedy about rebooting old characters and and what that means for like you know how how that's typically done, what it means for bringing back things, and and how. The industry approaches it, but very specifically, the original actor who plays Darkwing expects that he's going to become Darkwing, and he instead becomes very upset that the ca- the the role is recast, mm-hmm. and is driven to madness so far that he becomes Negaduck, yeah. forcing the actor who was hired to replace him, one Drake Mallard, to literally become Darkwing Duck. And it's just, that's brilliant. This is a children's cartoon show. You didn't have to do something that, like, wonderfully convoluted. And, you know, like, like, Jim Cummings does a lot of great work, obviously, obviously. Though it should be pointed out, his ex-wife accused him of abuse. Oh fuck! Really? Yeah. That's what, whether or not it's credible. I, you know, I. That's a. I'm not. I'm not dipping my toe into it. I'm just throwing that out there. Look yeah. it up. Come to your own conclusions about it. But yeah. Ugh, that um, sucks. Because I was just. I was just gonna say like, he he does some great work in here, as effectively playing like a really bastardly version of himself. And oh no. Oh yeah. no! Well, it it is. It's it's that same sort of ego that Darkwing Duck possessed in the old show, and so they just sort of take that and they say, "Okay, let's dial that up a little." You know, take that to its natural conclusion um, within the con. Honestly, the Ducktales reboot is fucking wonderful, and I oh, hate so that Disney Disneyed it. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, like stuff like that, I think would be fucking phenomenal. I would love to see more of that. Supposedly there's a Darkwing Duck reboot kicking around. Uh, so I would love to see it if it were picking up on the stuff done in DuckTales. I would love to see if it were just a Darkwing Duck reboot. Um, mm-hmm. I could get on board with any of that. Um, I would love to see more comics that are maybe able to do some shit that the uh, the cartoon is never going to be able to. I'm not saying you have to recreate the killing joke with Goslin or anything, but <laughs> God, please don't. I've willed it into being now, haven't oh, I? Oh yeah, it's out there. It's too Fuck. late. It's listen, you're just lucky. You're just lucky that Warner Brothers is over there and it's it's not uh them who own uh, uh the property. Otherwise, yeah, yeah but it, it would have already been out. There would have been a remaster of the remaster of the remaster. There'd be little statuettes of it. Like yeah. uh, uh dead blood everywhere goslin or or you know, like, like shot through the back. Fucking nobody fridge goslin please don't fr- for oh fuck's my god actually sake. 
Gosling gets fridged in one of the uh, the Boom uh, uh, characters' uh, uh, backstory for the uh, the Archer. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, Darkwing. I yeah. know. Yeah. But Shit. seriously, we don't we don't need that. Um, <laughs> so you know, yeah, I would love to see more done with Darkwing Duck. You know, I've I've tried to. It really sucks to try and go back and rewatch stuff mm. uh, sometimes because I've tried to rewatch Darkwing Duck and I just can't get as into it as I did as a kid. Of course, it would be weird if I did, I guess, but it it does. It's not the same. Um, I, I suggest Gargoyles because at least it has that building continuity aspect to it, which makes it. I don't know, more approachable as an adult. I I, I think Certainly. the random nature where nothing matters in the the continuity of the original Ducktales makes or uh, Ducktales Darkwing Duck everything, uh, bonkers. Bring back bonkers. Uh, I think all of that just like makes it difficult to watch. Whereas the fact that there is a a story, a beginning and end, and, and a journey in Gargoyles and characters. Change? There's one hell of a journey in Gargoyles, by which Fuck I yeah. mean the entire season where where Goliath and Eliza fuck around on a boat. Uh, I love uh, the fuck around on a boat season. Where <laughs> where are we gonna go? What do the writers want to do this time? And, and that they were like locked out of being able to do by having this set in New York. Uh, anyway. Um, but I'm surprised I would like to... that they never ran into the uh, 90s animated Spider-Man on that. I was always expecting a crossover. And they come across like, like Ben Parker or something. I don't know. It, it, it just seemed so so obvious. Like may, Maybe in un, uh, unaired episodes, they like stop Jack the Ripper and shit. Oh my god. Why is he stabbing Elisa Maza? Why is this man stabbing these women of the night? Here again, nobody do this. <laughs> do not do not fridge Goslin. Do not have Goliath beat the shit out of Jack the Ripper. Jack with I... a hammer just coming up on him at dawn. He's, he's a statue. It's like, yeah, all right, I'll finally take care of this wuzzle. And it just ends up smashing some random fucking gargoyle and thinking he got Goliath. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. There is a there are a lot of people who have fond memories of Darkwing Duck. And uh, so I think, you know, Disney Disney could do something. It doesn't have to be a bit. I mean, like, is there enough goodwill to maintain a whole series like a whole thing? Maybe not, but do something. He's just like, sitting there. Bring back the uh, the digests and uh, the, the the colossal books. You know, it's just yeah. here's a bunch of random short stories uh, yeah. of, about all of these characters and IP, and you know, it it doesn't mean anything. It's just give us money if you want to see like yeah, fuck it. Here's a Roger Rabbit short. I bet you didn't expect to see Roger Rabbit stories again. Here's a Robert Roger Rabbit story. Three dollars fifty cents, please. 
Could they do that? I don't know. The rights around Roger Rabbit are fucked up. <laughs> like, okay, here's a uh, baby Herman story. <laughs> I'm ju- I'm just saying all of that is very. Um, <laughs> the big stumbling block, of course, has been the fact that the original sequel was supposed to involve Nazis, and then uh, Steven Spielberg went through his religious awakening, and he's just like, I'm not falling back on Nazis anymore as villains. That's just making them cartoonishly evil as opposed to just evil is probably not a good idea. And Disney was just like, well, then we don't know what the fuck to do. (laughs) Um, But not only that, but also the fact that Disney uh, withheld the Roger Rabbit shorts uh, to put in front of... um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, when uh, Spielberg wanted them for arachnophobia. And so it became a whole thing of, well, what might arachnophobia have grossed had it had a Roger Rabbit short in front of it? And it's like, yeah, but it's also arachnophobia, bro. Uh, But you you can't just say, well, it probably would have failed anyway. It might have received a boost from having a Roger Rabbit short. We'll never know. But right. Perhaps it would have, but you know what? It really goes well with Honey, I Shrank, Shrank the Kids. Yeah. Because, hey, who's watching Honey, I Shrank the Kids? Kids. Who would probably definitely watch uh, Roger Rabbit short? Kids. Literally anyone. Literally, well, literally um, anyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Literally it's... anyone will pay a ticket to see Rick Moranis uh, on screen, so... Shut the fuck up, uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, well, you know, I it's here again. This is one of those things. I I re- I did a whole bunch of reading about the uh, how Roger Rabbit fizzled and how there's a whole lot of people who are butthurt over the whole thing. Oh. And whether or not they're right to be, I'm just saying they are. And that's <laughs> that and the fact that CGI looked fucking terrible in the screen test they did meant Mm -hmm. that it just never happened uh but anyway fucking do something with darkwing duck disney that's the gist of all of this do something with darkwing duck you had an opera like you had ugly sonic in chippendale for god's sake and darkwing duck was like in a random shot seriously come on yeah Um, that that needed more Darkwing Duck, and uh, I reiterate, bonkers. Yeah, no marsupilami. We don't need marsupilami. We do not need marsupilami. Uh, but yeah. Maybe some gummy bears. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I'm, as I, I am, said, I'm surprised there was no gummy bears. What the fuck? They're they're here. They're 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 everywhere gummy bears and if you enjoyed that delightful episode uh seemingly light and then horribly horribly depressingly convolutedly depressing uh thanks arguing creatives who will change work after publication that's not at all worrying oh dear yeah, that's a fun precedent to set. Oh, yeah, that's exactly where you want things to go. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe, or contact us and give us a comment, ask us a question, suggest an episode. The email to contact us at is... 
multiverso marketing at gmail.com. <laughs> now that I've alienated makes me laugh so much. I do now that I've alienated another a whole other country yet again. Uh yeah. <laughs> drop us a line. Uh tell us what you'd like to see added to the list. The list. Uh, next time, I believe we're talking about Star Trek. We are. We are talking about Star Trek and its bizarre little jaunt through comics. Um, at some point, we're going to talk about a smaller bonus episode of Star Trek, but this is specifically talking about the early years, the intermovie years, and into the DC years. Ooh, ah, confusing. Ooh, okay, ah. so we're definitely starting with Gold Key? Yes, we are. We okay. have to start with Gold Key. All right. Uh, it will It will be suffering. Gold Key in DC. It's like... Uh been watching a lot of mystery science theater 3000 for uh my whole life and uh deep hurting uh, <laughs> yeah oh. that's fine you know there's gonna be a lot of pain on this show there's there has been there will continue to be um so you know join us next time and uh <laughs> Uh, bye, I guess. <laughs> Suffer along. Goodbye. Goodbye.